Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You know, when I said goodbye, we said goodbye to this this season, this team. Next year is a different team. When we come back, we're not Super Bowl champions. We're just the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it's for everybody to find their role, uh, whatever that might be, then embrace it. We don't. We did learn this year to embrace those roles and know that they, at any point in time they could change uh, and be bigger or smaller. And uh, and team is still the main thing. And uh, so, yeah, we had a long talk about that when we broke up as a team. And uh, so, congratulations. But this team's history. Next year is a whole new ball club, man. Ain't nothing. We ain't done. Sh- now. If I don't get this one right, Coos, I might be walking off the show. <laughs> Let's go with Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, Bruce Arians. That is right. And I'm back. And we're okay. Everybody relax. We're, we're back in the winner's bracket, in the winner's circle. Do you think that's his way of kind of undoing some of the comments he may have said, said during the uh, parade? <laughs> Like about how was right. it him that said like uh, Godwin's going to come back? Like oh, you're yeah, not going yeah, anywhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, man, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you get caught in the moment. Sometimes you're like Tom Brady, drink too much tequila, and you're bumbling off of a dock when you get off a boat. <laughs> like, listen, man, they're celebrating, they're having fun. More power to you. When when you win the when you hoist the Lombardi like that, um, in my opinion, man, you can have as much fun as you want. I don't care what the optics look like. Enjoy yourselves. You've earned it. Because what people don't see, or at least they can't comprehend, is the hard work that goes into it. Now, yes, it helps when you have Tom Brady, and it helps when you get Leonard Fournette and all this stuff, but there was still a lot of hard work, dedication, blood, sweat, and tears that went into that team that went into winning that Super Bowl. So let them celebrate. I think the biggest question right now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is what is it going to look like next year? Because it never looks the same. And when we talk about Chris Godwin, are you going to franchise Hagum? When we talk about, you know, Barrett, when we talk about, there's a couple of guys on that team. What's going to happen with Leonard Fournette? Gronk. Obviously, I think Brady's coming back. He's made that perfectly clear. But it's not going to be the same regardless. So, and Antonio Brown and name another guy. So it begs the question, what's it going to look like next year? I think the fact that Brady has said he's coming back only assures the fact that, listen, players want to be around Brady, man. Players want to have the sense of hope of winning something. And I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were Brent's favorite. I believe they're his favorite to land J.J. Watt. I got Green Bay, but I wouldn't be surprised if Watt goes to Tampa Bay. Why not? When when you've made as much money as you made in J.J. Watt, when you have the stats that J.J. Watt has, these Hall of Fame stats, the one thing that's missing is a Super Bowl. And I think next year, and I'm sure that I think they're second right now or third, depending on where the Rams are ranked in Vegas, but they're a top three team to win the Super Bowl again. So if you're J.J. Watt, why wouldn't you go over there and try to win one, play with Tom Brady? I, I wouldn't be mad at that for him. Why not? Austin Lane on Action Sports, Jackson, ESPN 690, going to the final hour here on the show today. I'm flying solo. Brent's going to be gone for the next couple of days. Well, he's going to be gone for tomorrow, and I think Monday he's going to be out as well. Uh, I believe he's on the golf course right now. Coos, did we end up figuring out what golf course he's at? Oh, I did I did have it up, and then I then I moved off of it. Hold on. Hey, <laughs> it's not a big deal, you know. Long, it, it, Long Beach? 
He's, he's in California? Nope. Nope, that's not right. Longview? Long Point. That's a Green Day song. What is it, Long Point? Long Point. Ah, the good old Long Point golf course. Yes, yes. Good, <laughs> good greens. You ever play Long Point? I have not, actually. I don't even know where it is. You don't know? Oh, no. That's, that's uh, it's a few hours. Uh, we go, go north over there on off, uh, 95. But that's where they started calling me the Long Ball Express, actually. Because, you know, I, I go by the name the Long Ball Express. On the golf course. You've seen my drives. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a, it's a nice little spot over there. I hope Brent's having fun. hope he's uh, shooting them straight and, I don't know, what do you do? Shooting them straight and shooting them accurate? Is that, is that a golf thing? I, I guess. Oh, I it's know. kind of – it's down to St. John's. About, about an hour, a couple hours away? No. Nope. Not even? <laughs> no. So it's like right next door? It is, uh, yeah, it's kind of by the World Golf Village a little bit, a little bit before yeah, it. If you're going south on 95, that's about an hour of traffic. <laughs> yeah, it's about I guess an hour depends traffic. on when you're it's trying south, to head there. Though, that's south, right? That is south of here, yes. Whatever, man. <laughs> let's get let's get back something I know a little bit about. Let's get back and talking some football, more specifically football free agency. So. Before we went to break, I said, listen, Leonard, from the defensive tackle position, probably the most important position, it's Leonard Williams and it's everybody else. Okay. Um, Jarrell Casey, he's definitely an intriguing name, but no, it's it's Leonard Williams and it's everybody else. Tight end is another position, and let's be honest. A lot of teams are in the market for a tight end, but the Jacksonville Jaguars, it seems like since Mercedes Lewis left, have been in need. Tyler Eifert, didn't, Tyler Eifert didn't satisfy it last year. You know, O'Shaughnessy, I believe, is a free agent. Um, and let's be honest with ourselves. You're bringing in a rookie quarterback who has all the hype right now, and you want to make sure that he has all the tools necessary to succeed. And nothing makes it easier on a, on a young quarterback than two things, and I say this all the time. The tight end who can, you know, command the middle of the field and the the pass-catching running back. Now, let's not worry about the pass-catching running back just yet. It could be James Robinson. It could be a draft pick. I'm not concerned so much about that in free agency. There may be a guy there, but that's not the biggest need right now. The biggest need on offense to me is tight end. And when we evaluate free agency at the tight end position, let's be honest, everybody, it's slim pickings. Right, because there aren't a lot of bona fide tight ends out there in the first place. You got your Travis Kelseys, your George Kittles, uh, you know Zach Ertz. He's got the injury history a little bit now. Might be on the back nine of his career. Obviously, Darren Waller playing on a very, very high level. But and you got Robert Tunyon as well in Green Bay. Evan Ingram. Oh, okay, we'll see. They're they're few and far between. Is the point that I'm trying to make here. And when I when you analyze free agency at the tight end position, to me there's really two guys. To me there's really one guy, and this is the guy that I was I was trying to praise last year in the Jaguars taking. But unfortunately, they franchise tagged him, which I believe he, this is like if, if he gets franchise tagged this year, this will be the 25th time this guy gets franchise tagged. Like that's what it seems like right now. And that guy I'm referring to obviously is Hunter Henry. I think in terms of tight end free agency, and once again. The Chargers got to let him go. Do they tag him and then trade him? I'm not sure yet. Hunter Henry's made it perfectly clear that he wants a lot of money, that he wants to play with a great quarterback. Now, Trevor Lawrence, yes, he's got the intrigue. He's got to earn him stripes. But if money talks, if money's a motive, will the Jaguars have plenty of that? And Hunter Henry's at least intriguing to me. Yes, he's got a little bit of an injury history now. 
right? But I think when you talk about a guy who's dynamic, I think when you talk about a guy who can be a quarterback's best friend, it's any guy that's that big-bodied receiver that you can put in the slot, that you can put in motion, or you can line up wide if you have to, that's going to be a mismatch nightmare. And that's Hunter Henry. And if you're analyzing of what Hunter Henry probably should get realistically, given the circumstances right now of the league, and this is, once again, this is taken from profootballfocus.com and this little uh, app that kind of tells you what they should be making. Hunter Henry is going to be looking at about a four-year, $48 million deal, right? So a little more, I mean, it'll probably be in the $12 million a year range, which I can work with. I'm not mad at that. Um, The question remains, does Hunter Henry still have a lot left in the tank? And I think he does. I think the good that we've seen of Hunter Henry, I think of the the ceiling that we've seen of Hunter Henry has been fantastic. Just ask that about the Chargers a couple years ago here in Jacksonville. Hunter Henry blew the doors off. The biggest factor is obviously injuries, right? And it's, it's, it's a factor with a lot of free agents every once in a while. But if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars and I got Trevor Lawrence coming in, and, you know, if Kyle Pitts goes top 10, top 5, whatever the case may be, and, and, and maybe you got the guy from Penn State there in the second or third round, but still, like, let's be honest, there's not a lot of game changers, at least off the get-go, because this is what history shows us, that when you draft a tight end as a rookie, he doesn't really contribute at an all-pro level right away. That takes time. So if you think, that, if you buy into that narrative, then you address it in free agency. And you try to address it with Hunter Henry. Now, once again, do they franchise take him? We'll find out. But I think it's going to cost you around $48 million to $49 to $50 million over four years. Or around, once again, if we're, you know, and I'm not the best math whiz there is, but around $10 million or more than $10 million a year. You can live with that. I think that you can work with that if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you pursue that. The B. Squad, and I, and I say B squad with all respect, but to me this is the this is the alternate plan. This is if Hunter Henry gets tagged. This is the Chargers give Hunter Henry a new contract, and this is actually where Pro Football Focus, um, this is where they predicted this player to actually sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars at the tight end position, and I'm referring to Janu Smith. Janu Smith to me is a guy. You know, I don't want to make up excuses. But I feel like Tennessee, they've always kind of had the reliable tight ends. I mean, you can go all the way back to Frank Wycheck in the 90s if you wanted to. I remember playing NFL game day with Frank Wycheck. The guy was like a 90 overall. He was a beast in, in the run game and in the pass game. But Tennessee's always kind of had the calling card of decent tight ends. Delaney Walker sticks out to me a little bit, and John U. Smith's no different. I think the detriment to John U. Smith was the fact that they, it was a few things. I think that the emergence of A.J. Brown being the bona fide one receiver and John was kind of an afterthought. I think the emergence of Corey Davis playing a lot more in the slot, commanding the middle of the field, took away from John Smith a little more. And obviously when you have the run game, when it's the run first, pass second, uh, you know, game plan of the Tennessee Titans, well, that obviously affects John Smith as well. So those three things I feel like led to John Smith underperforming this past season. But once again, and to echo Hunter Henry a little bit, the good that I've seen of Jonu Smith, it's damn good. This is a this is a very dynamic 
type of tight end. And, and what sold me on John U. Smith, actually, and I forgot who the game was against. Heck, it might have been against the, the, the Jaguars. But I watched him line up from the tight end position and then move to the fullback position and then run a route from out of the fullback position and get a touchdown. Like, you can do some interesting things with this guy. Keep in mind, he's only 25 years old. He still might have some of his best football ahead of him. 6'3", 248 pounds, I think is suitable in the run game, obviously. But once again, can be that dynamic playmaker in the pass game. And once again, can be a good friend to Trevor Lawrence when it hits the fan to throw towards the middle of the field. I like John U. Smith. I'll be honest. I, I love Hunter Henry, and I like John U. Smith. But if we're talking about in terms of contract, where Hunter Henry is probably going to cost you, you know, four years, let's just say $48 million, according to Pro Football Focus, John U. Smith, and keep in mind, they have him going to the Jaguars, actually, is going to cost you $38 million over four years, $9.5 million a year. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. When we're talking about, well, is Alex Smith going to get 7.5 to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars, almost $8 million maybe to come to the Jaguars. I would rather take maybe that $8 million on that one year, and I'd rather spend that on another maybe 8.5 or 9 on Jonu Smith at your starting tight end, at another playmaker. And let's be honest with John New Smith as well. Like, yes, you have DJ Chark. We'll address the wide receivers next in free agency. But I feel like from John New Smith's perspective, Jacksonville's a good spot. You're, you're going to be the focal point here. It's not like you're going to, to Pittsburgh or, or someplace else where it's like, oh, well, they got Claypool. They got Johnson. They got Ebron. You're just going to get lost in the sauce. If you're John New Smith, and you want to sign a four-year deal and then re-up four years later or whatever, maybe three years later, re-up and get a big-time contract, well, then come to Jacksonville. Come to a place where you can be a focal point. Come to a place where, well, let's be honest, we don't have an A.J. Brown right now. We got James Robinson, but guess what? We're going to pass the ball still, and we got Trevor Lawrence. Come to Jacksonville. I'm all for it for John o. Smith, and that's my B plan, let's just say. I, I teased it. Let's get into it. The wide receiver position. This is, to me, this is the ultimate boomer bust type of position because the Jaguars, it's not like the Jaguars need a wide receiver. I see DJ Chark. I see LaVisca Chenault. I see Colin Johnson. We'll see what happens with Keelan Cole. They have guys. Right now, Chris Conley is probably obviously going to be out of town, but they have guys there. Maybe you dress it in the draft a little more, but there's pieces. But... If you're thinking like I'm thinking, and you're thinking like, listen, you got to put this offense over the top. You got to give Trevor Lawrence all the toys that he can handle. That's where the wide receiver position comes into play. And that's where free agency at the wide receiver position comes into play. And let's be honest, we've broken this down a lot. And there's a lot of great names out there. You know, Smith Schuster could be a guy. Um, Galladay from Detroit could be a guy that don't franchise take. And once again, we're assuming right now all these guys will be free agents and not franchise tagged. But if you're asking me the guy that I want, and, I, and I've said this time and time again, and I'm not going to change my stance, and with all due respect to Bruce Arians, I don't think you can afford him. Go ahead and give me Chris Godwin. To me, that's the guy you should be pursuing. And listen, I'm about to break down Allen Robinson in a second. So all you Allen Robinson fans out there, relax, all right? We'll get into Robinson in a second. But to me, it's Chris Godwin. 
Now, once again, if you go over the pro football focus model of what he's going to be commanding a year, you're looking at four years and realistically probably $22 million a year at least. And that's that's expensive. That's a, that's a big chunk of change for a wide receiver. But I think when you talk about a guy who's still coming into his own, you know, he's still very young. Um, when you talk about a guy who you can put in a lot of different spots. Like you think of Chris Godwin and you think of him, okay, well, he's the slot guy. Yeah, but then Antonio Brown comes to town, all of a sudden Chris Godwin's on the outside running fly routes, nobody can keep up with him, okay? And keep in mind, he's only 24 years old right now. I like that. I like a guy that is dynamic. I like a guy that I could maybe see running jet sweeps, and I think Urban Meyer likes that type of guy. This guy's dynamic. He runs good routes. He's got speed for days. He's very reliable in terms of catching the ball. Now, I get it. In the playoffs, he had a little bit of an issue. But over the entirety of his career, the guy's got great hands. And once again, what's Jacksonville missing right now? Yeah, DJ Chark, who's who's been a very fine receiver for you, and we're excited for him going forward. But who's taking the top off? Who's that one guy where it's like, all right, go get it? You know, I'm reminded of, like, Deshaun Jackson back in the Eagles days. Like, it seemed like every other game, Deshaun Jackson had that one, you know, fly route where he just took the top off, and they get it to him, and it changes the game. That's what I want here in Jacksonville. Now, I think DJ Chark offered that a little bit two years ago. Like, when's the last time that we've seen a receiver consistently here in this city take the top off, get these 70-yard touchdowns, these 80-yard touchdowns? It hasn't happened a lot. So Chris Godwin is the A choice. He's the guy that you should be pursuing. Let's assume that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, let's say that Bruce Arians calls my bluff and says, Austin Lane, I got the money. If I don't got the money, I'm going to franchise take him. I'm going to say, Shaq Barrett, we'll figure you out. We're not going to take you. Let's take Chris Godwin. Okay, and let's say that I'm wrong. So be it. Well, what's the B option? Well, to me, this is kind of the last guy in terms of the long ball who brought it home for Jacksonville. And now keep in mind when I say the long ball and the fly route and all that stuff and taking the top off, I think Allen Robinson in, in his prime here in Jacksonville did take the top off. But it was different, though. It wasn't so much that he was burning them with speed. He was burning them with body control and jump balls. And keep in mind, he had a quarterback in Blake Bortles who, you know, was was okay. Right, But as far as the, the ball leaving Blake Bortles' hands, we were never infatuated with that. What we were infatuated with is how is Allen Robinson going to catch this one? Oh, he just caught it again. That's what Allen Robinson brings to the table. Now, the only reason why I have him more on the B squad than the A is because the, that flyer pattern. Right, like I think there's some similarities between Allen Robinson and DJ Chark. Now, I think, obviously, Allen Robinson's more of a refined receiver than DJ Chark. I think he's got a long ways to go in DJ Chark. But with Allen Robinson, this is a guy that can run the route tree. All right? This is a guy who consistently has put up numbers with quarterbacks that have been below average. And this is a guy who obviously has history here in Jacksonville. Now, regardless of what you think about what he said about the fans one time or how he feels about the organization, you know what they say. Time can heal all wounds. And I think in Allen Robinson's case, where you got a guy like Urban Meyer now, you got Trevor Lawrence coming in, you just you got a fresh new feel here in Jacksonville. And like I pitched Allen Robinson, we have him on the show. 
No more mustard jerseys. You got Teal coming back. There's a lot of things to like right now in Jacksonville. And I think above anything, Allen Robinson, well, I'm sure he wants to get paid. That's probably the that's probably the number one motive. But I think Allen Robinson wants to play with a winner and more power to him. If that's in Green Bay, that's someplace else, I get it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be mad. I'll be disappointed. But I'm not going to be mad at you, Mr. Robinson. But I think that if trying to make things right, trying to finish a job that you started years and years ago, if that crosses his mind a little bit, then why not Jacksonville? And why wouldn't Jacksonville pursue him? It's only going to make your offense better. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, and this is the interesting part about the Allen Robinson conversation, Pro Football Focus is exactly on the same level um, in terms of how much Allen Robinson should make as Chris Godwin. So once again, we're talking about, you know, four years, $22 million a year, which I think is interesting. That's a lot of money, once again, $22 million a year. You have it, you should spend it, but I think if it comes down to Godwin or Robinson, I'm probably leaning Godwin at that 21 maybe $22 million a year. But I truly think that if Robinson wants to come back to Jacksonville and it'll cost you over $20 million, sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. And I just I echo back to those jump balls. I echo back to what he did in Chicago with underthrown balls. What is Allen Robinson going to look like to a quarterback who can lead him? Who can lead him in those routes? What does that look like? Is that Pro Bowl caliber? I think so. Is that all pro caliber? It might be. And if you're going to spend 20-something million dollars on a Pro Bowl slash maybe an all-pro type of guy pending you have the quarterback to get him the ball, that might be worth it. Hell, I pay for that any day of the week. More on ESPN 690 when we come back. The last position to break down, everybody. Offensive tackle. And you've been hearing some rumors. You've been hearing some rumblings. Does Orlando Brown make too much sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars? I talk about it next year on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. I had braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martineau. So it's not stuck in there. No, it's not stuck in there. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Welcome back to ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks. No audio because the computer has taken a hit, ladies and gentlemen. But the computer's got one foot in the parking lot already. Yeah, this is, I don't know. What's is the camera on. still working or not? Yeah, no, that's working. All right, cool, cool, cool. Finishing up free agency, who the Jaguars should go after, what their primary focus should be, and what the backup plan should be. Because like I told Coos, you got to have, and if you watch The Goodfellas or The Godfather, you know what I'm saying, you gotta have one in the. You gotta have the gun on the on the table to show good faith. But just in case it hits the fan, you gotta have one in the drawer. So you got the A machine, and you got the B machine. And with that being said, the A and the B machine, one more position group of need for your Jacksonville Jaguars, and it's the one that's getting probably the most buzz today, because NFL updates reported earlier on that there's uh, there's some interest, there's some. There's some smoke, let's just say, between the Jacksonville Jaguars and Orlando Brown. But let me start off with the A machine first, and then let me get to the B machine. Because Orlando Brown, and listen, if he gets traded to Jacksonville for a first-round pick, I'm not going to be mad at it. 
but I'm looking for more for Trent Williams. And, I, and I'll be honest and come with me here for a second. Trent Williams right now, in terms of age, well, yeah, he doesn't even come close to Orlando Brown, and I understand that. Trent Williams right now is 32 years old, so this could be his last go-around. If we're talking about a Trent Williams kind of contract, you're talking about $20 million a year, according to ProFootballFocus.com. I think it's up for debate who the better left tackle is right now. Obviously, Orlando Brown is the more intriguing guy because, well, he's got a lot more years ahead of him. I like how people want to throw the whole injury thing, though, at Trent Williams. Now, yes, last year he had um, he had an elbow injury, but one could wonder, did they actually just kind of put him on IR to give the younger guys some more uh, playing time? Because let's be honest, the 49ers, devastated by injury, uh, weren't going to the playoffs, and the writing was on the wall. So it makes you wonder if some guys who were really, you know, maybe not injured but hurt a little bit, kind of got the benefit of the doubt and put on IR for the younger guys. That that happens on every single team when teams aren't going to make the playoffs. So that's a possibility. But with that being said, what people want to refer to Trent Williams is the one year he didn't play in Washington and, and what transpired there. And that was back in 2019. If you remember that year, he didn't play any games at all. And yes, it had to do with an injury, but it had to do with how the injury was handled. Now, he had a cancer assist in his head so like you can say the guy's injury prone okay i mean i'm looking at at the resume right now uh played in 10 games 2011 16 games 16 games then played 15 games played in 14 games played in 12 games in 2016 10 games in 2017 uh 13 games in 2018 and 14 games in 2020 ironically a lot of these games they didn't play in occurred towards the end of the season when the season was out of reach and the 2019 season was unique because once again, he was worried about having a, a cancerous growth, if you will. And he felt like the, uh, the Washington football team didn't handle the situation professionally. And there was a holdout because of it. And that's why he didn't report to training camp. It wasn't because he tore an ACL or, or, you know, damaged a meniscus or, you know, compound fracture of the leg. Nothing like that. He took it upon himself to sit out because he didn't agree with what the diagnosis was with the cancerous growth. And guess what? It's a good thing he did sit out because it turned out to be a pretty serious thing that he had to have surgery on. And thankfully, everything's past him now, and he's all good. But it was the right decision at Trent Williams. So I get when people want to say the narrative, well, this guy's injury prone. You know, okay. I mean, he might have had a couple injuries here or there, and he's obviously up there in age. But overall... That's the biggest red flag to me. I'll be honest with you. And that's why he's my A pick. Because I don't want to see that first round pick being be given up. I think that if you sign Cam Robinson even, like they re-sign him at, at a minimal deal, obviously. Like I think there's worse guys in the league right now at the left tackle position than Cam Robinson. Now, once again, I know what you're going to tell me. Trevor Lawrence, take care of him. Give him the best. Okay. Well, if you're looking for the best situation right now, then let's go to my backup plan. Let's go to Orlando Brown. Let's essentially give up a a, a first-round pick and maybe a second or a third or something like that. Orlando Brown's the most intriguing by far because he's the youngest, and he showed that he can play left tackle at a very high level. Last year, uh, Stanley goes goes down. Brown takes over from him at the left tackle spot and doesn't skip a beat. Like They don't miss a beat. Plays a fantastic brand of football from the left tackle spot wants to get paid at the left tackle spot. 
with Ronnie Stanley coming back now and the Ravens moving him back, Orlando Brown, that is, to right tackle, he wants out. And I, I don't blame him for that at all because left tackles, if you go by the averages, especially to the highest paid guys, are making $5 million more per year than right tackles. Now, why is that? I have no idea. Is it right, wrong, indifferent? I'm not sure. Just the way it is right now. So if that's the case, well, money's not the option, right? So if you got to pay Orlando Brown probably realistically 21 maybe $22 million a year, so be it. The Jaguars can afford that. Where I'm a little leery, though, and this has nothing to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It has nothing to do really with Orlando Brown. I get the hustle. You want out. You want to get paid like a left tackle. More power to you because you can play left tackle. If I'm the Baltimore Ravens, though, and I'm John Harbaugh, I got to ask myself, do I let Orlando Brown go? Because let's say that you push Orlando Brown all in. And let's say, you know what? You're not going to sit out if we keep you. Let's see what you do. I don't think Orlando Brown does sit out. I think he does play. And I think if he keeps on playing for the Ravens, you have one of the, some of the best tackle combinations um, in the NFL. And keep in mind, are we for sure Ronnie Stanley's going to be 100% coming back? Or do you want to fail save with Orlando Brown that says, all right, well, if Stanley, for whatever reason, has a setback, at least we got the backup plan with Brown there. Like, to me, if I'm Harbaugh and I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I demand a king's ransom for Orlando Brown. Because while Orlando Brown's asking for the re- the release, or you know, not the release, but the, the trade, and I respect it once again, I feel like the Baltimore Ravens right now have all the power. Because they have no problem saying, all right, man, either you play right tackle or you sit. It's your choice. And I'm not sure if Orlando Brown sits. I'm honestly not sure about that. And if Stanley has a setback, well, there you go, Orlando Brown. Go earn your money. So, to me... If you want to get Orlando Brown, I think it's going to cost you an arm and a leg. I think we're talking a first-round pick, a second-round pick, maybe two second-round picks, or a, you know, like a second-round pick this year and a future second-round pick, and maybe a third-round pick. Like I think it's going to cost you a lot to get Orlando Brown because the Baltimore Ravens are in win-now mode right now, right? Obviously, they they uh, they don't make it to the dance this year. A lot of guys coming back, a lot of pieces. There's some promise this year. They got J.K. Dobbins coming up now. Their brand of football relies on in the trenches, on their defensive line and their offensive line. And I have a hard time believing that Harbaugh is just going to give up Orlando Brown for nothing. I think it's going to cost a lot. Now, do the Jaguars sacrifice it? Possibly. But I'm just saying I'm not sold it. Everyone's saying Orlando Brown's going here. Orlando Brown's going there. I'm not sure if Orlando Brown's going anywhere quite yet because, once again, I think if you're the Ravens right now and you're in win-now mode, you feel pretty comfortable to say that you have your bookends taken care of at the tackle position. And not too many teams in the NFL can say that. And a team that likes to pound their rock and run that quarterback option, you need two legit tackles. So time will tell. But once again, if the Jaguars do get Orlando Brown, I will not be mad at it, just like I'm not going to be mad for sure if you know they – Resign Cam Robinson or offer him probably more of a franchise tag on Cam Robinson. Get the get that year lease and then see what he can do from there. But time will tell. Coos, we're coming down here to the, the 5:40 hour and the five. Yeah, it's 5:40 right now. Sorry, <laughs> I lost track of time. 
But um, what time are we going to break? Because it might be the most important news of the day here, and I want to make sure that we got enough time to get to it. We got enough time right now. Should we go to break real quick and come back for the last segment of We've the day. We got like a minute here. Not enough time, Coos. Not enough time. So okay. when we come back here on ESPN 690, I get to play the game called I Told You So. And I hope Brett Martino's listening. I hope he's on that golf course hitting him straight, hitting him long. Is that a golf phrase? Coos? Is that a golf tournament? You hitting him straight, hitting him long today, sir? I don't think, no. How you hitting him is, I think. How you hitting him? Yeah, I bet. But yeah, we have some, uh, I told you so, some pettiness coming back here on the show. And we reset the day here in the last segment of the SPN 690. When we come back. Bigger star right now, LaMelo Ball, Zion Williamson. LaMelo. Okay, you just answered my damn question. Yeah. He ain't LaMelo. in the top 20. In fact, this year's number one pick is more of a star than last year's number one pick, you which think was Zion Williamson. You think LaMelo Ball is more of a I star do. than Zion? I do. Okay, Because LaMelo drops 34 points, and, and ESPN talks about it for three days. Wait, this is not but, – and LaMelo Ball's leading the rookies in every th- category. He's playing really well. I've never seen stats here. He's, he's like almost 30 – he's had like 20-some points per game. Like I am not really trying well. to diminish Zion Williamson as a player. We're not making me upset because talking about LaMelo Ball way too but much. But I'm not trying to diminish him as a player. What I'm just telling you is I thought his star- – one, I think it's a compliment to the NBA because they have so many good players mm-hmm. that yeah. it's easy to get pushed down that list. I think you're right. I I think you got as New Orleans gets better as they develop and right. maybe become a playoff team has some moments. Hey Coos. Yeah. Do you remember that conversation on a, on a Monday happened a couple days ago? Where I, do, I, I do. Where I sat here and said I think Zion Williamson is a star and I think he's a good player. And you guys I mean essentially crucified me <laughs> because Supposedly, LaMelo Ball is the bigger star in the NBA than Zion Williamson. Now, am I wrong? Am I over-exaggerating? Or is that the conversation that took place on Monday on our show? We were talking about that, yes. And we said that ESPN probably has covered LaMelo more than Zion this year. And the argument from both was more Brent, but has also used the fact that Zion's not getting any kind of coverage. He's not getting any kind of love from the media. We don't know what's happening with Zion Williamson. Yeah, he's averaging 25 points a game. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he's making an all-star team. Okay, pretty good. Yeah. But, but I guess, like, no one's talking about him. Is that all fair? Or, once again, am I over-exaggerating anything? I, I think that's what we were leaning towards, yes. And by we, you mean you and Brett Martineau? We, yes. Don't don't say the royal we like I was part of it. No, all I was on us, Team Zion. Yes. All of us were leaning that way. And I woke up Monday morning, and I came into this spot and I said, today is the day that I die on the Zion Williamson Hill. And you guys laughed at me. Coos, can you do me a huge favor? Can you go on ESPN.com, please? And can you read me the biggest story right now in the ESPN.com headlines? And keep in mind, Russell Wilson might go to a new team. Keep in mind, Deshaun Watson saying stuff. But what's the leading story right now on the ESPN.com website? Uh, this Zion Williamson star leap is astonishing. One more time, Coos. Can you repeat it for the people in the back? This, this Zion Williamson star leap is astonishing. <sighs> Let me go and put my feet on the table in the most disrespectful manner ever. 
Let me go ahead and take this biggest sip of humble tea I'm ever going to take. Kuz, one more time because it's so nice. You had to say it twice. You might as well say it thrice. One more time. The main headline on ESPN.com. Hit me with it. To be fair, it's on their ESPN Plus. Hit me with the subscription-based headline on ESPN Plus. Check your local listings. It should be like five bucks a month. Zion Williamson's superstar leap is astonishing. Huh. Well, then I guess somebody's talking about him. I mean, is this ESPN website? Is that big? Is that, no. is, yeah, Kevin is, Kevin Pelton is uh, the one who wrote the article. And he's, I mean, one of the, one of the best to do it. <laughs> right? Goose? <laughs> yeah. Back me up here at Driving Dish Podcast. Sure, yeah. Yeah. All right. To be fair, in in this little bit of the ESPN oh, Plus what? article. Oh, talking about the ball, ball too? No, no, no. In oh. the little bit of the ESPN Plus article that I can read because I don't pay five ninety nine a month. Yeah. It's a, You would think because we're at ESPN Station, we should, we would get like logins or oh, something. Oh, I have that. I have that login. Oh. Yeah, well, you just got to ask, man. Oh, well. I can get a login. <laughs> Hey, all you got to do is ask, dude. I didn't know we didn't. Ha- we had one. Yeah, um, we got one. It says, after a rookie season hindered by injury and conditioning issues, a slow start to the 2021 campaign under new head coach Stan Van Gundy. Zion is figuring out how Spanish. to translate his prestigious prestigious talents yep. to the NBA. And then you can't read the rest because you don't have the subscription. Uh, it says something about Blake Griffin. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, wait, does it really? Yeah, no, it says, uh, given Williamson is just 20 and has played fewer career games than any first-time All-Star since Blake Griffin, this was the most rookie, recent rookie to, yeah, now I can't read it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Kuz, you're the NBA expert on the show, and I'll give you that title all day. But you got to give me my props when I said that. Zion Williamson in his career is going to be comparable to Blake Griffin. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's not like I'm breaking well, news. Well, and the problem I mean, is Blake, Blake, Blake now, it's not comparable now. you got to go back to when Blake was, like, dominating. Yeah. Yeah. Kuz, go ahead and um, send me that soundbite of the show on Monday about Brent talking about LaMelo Ball, and I'm going to have it be my ringtone for, I don't know, the rest of my <laughs> life. But, hey, it was a great day today. I mean, the biggest news out of the day is coming from Seahawks camp, Russell Wilson saying that he doesn't want to get traded, but then his agent comes out and says, well, if he was to get traded, he wants to go to either the, the Bears, the Saints. Who's um, with other teams again? I'm looking it up real quick here. Oh, uh, Bears, Saints, Raiders. My man. Or the Cowboys. The Cowboys. Isn't that kind of weird, though, Like what, that his agent would say? that? That'd be like my wife saying, what do you want to eat tonight? And I'd be like, I don't care. But if I did care, it would be, I don't know, well, no, Mr. It'd be Taco. Like- pizza, but it would be like, like that. but like that, but also they already cooked dinner. So like the dinner's already <laughs> on the table and you're like, I really am excited for this dinner. But also if you had made pizza, yeah. tacos, I would have been I happy be too. Mad at Interesting developments go? happening in Seattle, man. And you know, as I say, where there's smoke, there's fire. Thanks for checking out ESPN 69 today in Action Sports. Jax, I'm Austin Lane. We'll be joining you tomorrow again as Brent Martineau continues his golf excursion. Kuz, thanks for helping out today. Y'all have a great Thursday. Stay casual. Be safe. And we'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Y'all have a good one. I'm out. Peace. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. 
right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.